0: Hey, PJ, what brings you to town?
1: Marco, I came here unannounced to celebrate the release of the first Team Weekend podcast, buddy. Yeah, it's
0: been nice to see how many people. Marco,
1: there's been an emergency. Team, Team Weekend, Weekend unite. unite! Marco, to the weakest cycle
0: Uh, yeah, I, I sold that back in 2012.
1: You sold it? How do you get around?
0: I drive one of those crossover vehicles. Not quite an SUV, not
1: quite a car. Ah, there's no time for this. We need to go. Ma'am, how can we help? Oh, thank goodness you are here. I've lost my phone charger. Um,
0: are you sure that's the biggest issue right
1: now? Yes, that phone means everything to me. We can help! Marco, does your new car have a phone charger? I know there used to be one on the weakest cycle. Are you still bitter about me selling the weakest cycle? Me?
0: No. I'm fine. Alright.
1: Alright, let me get it. Thank you, Team Weekend. You guys are lifesavers. I mean, there's still that fire over there. I wouldn't worry about that if I were you. Yeah, we should go. Man, it feels good to be back home. You don't live here. Marco, there's been an emergency. Really?
0: I just took my shoes off. It's a Team Weekend emergency, Marco! Uh,
1: team Weekend, weekend unite. unite! Marco, to the nondescript crossover vehicle. Jake, is that you? Oh, hey guys, thank goodness you're here. I seem to have lost my radio show. Jake, that was like 10 years ago, man. We don't do cold cases. I know, but I still miss it sometimes. One of those nostalgia
0: emergencies, I guess. Anyway, what have you guys been up to? Well, we recently launched the Team Weekend podcast. That is awesome. Can I join? That would be the perfect way for me to get back on my
1: feet. Eh. I don't know. Maybe you should focus on the bigger issues. Oh,
0: come on. What issues? Well, there is a robot arsonist on the loose. Okay, I see how it is. Just say something outrageous and hope
1: I forget about the podcast. You know what? Forget you guys. Just leave. Hey, we're just trying to help, man. Come on, Marco. Let's go. Hello, Jake. (laughs) Oh my god! Thus concludes the adventures of Team Weekend. Hit it! Ten years in the making. Team Weekend is back. A lot of things have changed since our debut on local radio. Did somebody say podcast? No. Podcast.
0: Yeah. But no matter how much things change, one question remains You want a piece of my heart? What did you say? You gotta start from the start. You're speaking nonsense. You wanna be in the show? I am in the show. I'm a co host.
1: Come on, baby. Let's go.
0: Baby? What are you calling baby right now? Wait, wait. Have you just been quoting Lover Boy's working for the weekend this whole time? No.
1: Everybody's working for the weekend. Yeah. It's time, it's time for, for the, the weekend. weekend. Everyone's watching to see what you will do. Everyone's looking at you. Oh. That's right. We're back. The Team Weekend Podcast Show, episode number two, Marco.
0: That's right. We had one episode. It was awesome. Back at it, doing another different, but new, awesome podcast.
1: (laughs) The response has been great so far. We really appreciate everybody that's reached out. Um, I think one of the hard parts with this podcast has been the fact that, you know, we released that last podcast in early August, and now it's... Most likely September when we published this podcast and that month, it's just, you know, you got, we had all that energy going into it and we've just been really excited to finally put another podcast out there for everybody. But not to fear, uh, you know, if you haven't heard the first podcast, this is, you know, it's not like it's a chronological thing. You can jump right in whenever you want to. Uh, the show keeps rolling and we got a ton of new fun stuff getting ready to happen this time.
0: That's a great point, PJ. Uh, I did learn in the movie Arrival that time is not linear.
1: <laughs> this episode, I think you're, if you did listen to the last, uh, the first episode, you're going to hear some similarities. I think we're going to have sports, music are all making reoccurrences, but we also got some brand new segments we're getting ready to kick off on this episode.
0: That's right. And the first segment, which still goes unnamed as of now, is based on our recent travel experience because PJ and I actually hung out in person since the last podcast.
1: That's right. It seems to be a new theme. Uh, Between every episode, we actually meet in person to kind of make sure we still exist and, you know, kind of plan face to face. But when it comes to the recording part of the podcast, we get as far away from each other as possible.
0: Yeah, the in-person check is a nice touch just to, you know, catch up. And then also just to make sure that PG is not stealing my identity.
1: This was also our second friend's wedding since this. I mean, that was or no third, right?
0: yeah yeah we've had um i think that the, we've both attended this has been the third been uh, our first in, in a while i think it's been over two years since our last kind of high school friends wedding so it was kind of a good reunion pj was there and a bunch of like you know six other people from high school were there and a bunch of people were there so it was a very fun wedding for our friend back in michigan and uh you know we uh kind of learned some stuff since you know every wedding you learn something and i think this wedding is no exception
1: I mean, there is something to be said, though, like everybody's been to weddings, uh, but I think it's different when it's you and your friends at a wedding. Like there's the the wedding you go to with the family, you know, so it's you and your family and then you're, you know, you're you're maybe it's an extended family wedding. And then there's the wedding that you're going with your significant other with, you know, so it's you and your date and then you're at this wedding. So maybe you don't even know the people that you're at the wedding with. But then there's that wedding. Where it's a group of friends and one of your friends is the one getting married, and that that to me is a different style of wedding.
0: No, that's that's all very good point, and uh, even if you've been to weddings before, there's different types of weddings, like you said, and uh, you know some people, if you know, we have some younger listeners, they may have not you know gone to you know a wedding on their own, and maybe they've only gone to family weddings, or maybe people out there have not been to a wedding at all. So uh, we have lot lots of lot to advise, and you know what to say what to do and such so
1: and i think that leads us perfectly into our first segment looking for advice you've come to the right place fashion got it dating suspect politics
0: Eh, we'll probably stay away from that one it's
1: time for do's and don'ts to doing segments, Marco, and this is our first one on this episode, and it's called Do's and Don'ts. It's brand new to the weekend, and uh, kind of the basic framework of this segment is pretty simple to understand. Basically, Marco and I are going to give you guys some advice in the forms of do's and don'ts around some type of theme, and this episode's theme is weddings. Marco and I, we uh, just went to a friend's wedding, and uh, it was quite the experience.
0: Yeah, I got another one on the way is, quote, wedding season. And so we'll each kind of rattle off a few do's and don'ts. Now, on the do's, when we say do, that's advice that you should do something. And when we say don't, that's advice that you should not do something, just for further clarification.
1: And, you know, I think this advice is more, I'm thinking, in the point of view of people that are attending a wedding, right? You know, Marco and I both have never gotten married yet.
0: That's a whole other segment. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I
1: think we're going to have to wait a while to get that advice out there. But I think this is focused on what we both have a lot of experience with at this point, which is attending weddings. Yeah. So, Marco, why don't you kick it off with your first piece of advice?
0: I'm going to start positive with a do. So the first one is do RSVP. Um, (laughs) Seems straightforward enough, but... You know, I had two weddings. Like I said, PJ and I went to one wedding. And I'm about to go to another wedding. That first wedding, I actually didn't RSVP. I happened to be in the wedding party, and I thought it was assumed that I would be there. And you know <laughs> what? Just don't do it. Just just send in the RSVP.
1: <laughs> did <they laughs> did you RSVP, PJ? I, I did, but I was not in the wedding party. So it was kind of, I, I assumed I needed to tell them I was coming. Right,
0: right. So I guess this is a, a layered do, so RSVP no matter what. However, guess what? On the on the second wedding, mm-hmm. I did RSVP, and I was the first one to send it in. I went from the bottom <laughs> to the top in the RSVP the game.
1: <laughs> like, I mean, I, I guess this goes along the lines. You should also um, make sure when you do RSVP that you do it on time. You know, it's one of those Good point. things – you know, it's not like you can just kind of say the day before the wedding, "Hey, I'm coming." Like RSVP in that kind of way. <laughs> it doesn't go over well.
0: Yeah, the thought does count, but you need more than the thought here. You you need to do it.
1: I'm just curious though. So with this uh, first wedding where you assumed you were basically RSVP'd, did uh, what 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 became of that? Did you did they end up chasing you down, or did or did they uh, did they miscount because of this?
0: I I didn't. I was honestly embarrassed I got an email from the groom just be like hey <laughs> can you just send in your info as like I, I emailed him back like very quickly it was like very sorry yes coming to the wedding coming to like the rehearsal dinner and that's the other thing too there's you, when you artist yeah. repeats it's different things like you know maybe I wasn't going to the rehearsal dinner I mean it was in the hometown I could be doing a family thing but I was going to everything I, I sent the information and I, you know nothing you know critical um, thankfully but you know what Next time, maybe could have been critical, so that that's why you got to do it. But
1: yeah, and I, you know, even if it's a shaky friend where you're not sure if you're gonna be friends all the way through to their wedding time, you, you really can't <laughs> delay those kinds of things. It's one of, you just gotta take a leap of faith and go for it. Yeah. So, um, my first piece of advice actually is a don't. So we're okay, messing up pretty good here. Don't assume that a girl and a guy that came to a wedding together are brother and sister great great advice my experience has been most of them actually are in a relationship of some sort so it's not one of those things where you can just assume you can go up there and ask the person to go for a dance
0: like a non-brother-sister relationship yes gotcha
1: yeah i mean i mean i mean if you know when they're in the couple it's kind of hard to ask that person for a dance the brother and sister you know that's that's fair game right i mean brother and sister don't want to hang out the whole wedding
0: depends on you know it depends on the family um and you know if, if they have a very you know overprotective brother that could be you know a thing <laughs> but you know but uh but yeah no your base level uh don't is is very good yeah mm-hmm. it's a game changer once you once you learn that
1: don't <laughs> <laughs> what do you got marco uh
0: the next one's a don't for me as well um, and it is don't drink too much the night before the wedding
1: wonder why you're saying that um <laughs> this is really good <laughs> advice uh, i can attest to this one right but in our most recent wedding adventure you know i mean it's been a learning adventure in general around how you know to handle drinking at weddings we you know for me uh you know i went to a lot of weddings as a kid where i couldn't drink and then now i've kind of hit that age where i can drink at a wedding. Nice. Had a lot of fun at weddings, and then this last one, I decided to have more fun the time before the wedding, and I had nothing left, no uh, stamina left for the wedding itself. So I agree with this vice advice wholeheartedly.
0: Right, and that's the key to the advice. I think you put it very well. Is, uh you know, the wedding is the night. We and I was with you the night where you did have a bit too much the night before, <laughs> and that was a very fun night. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it's uh, you. You want to you know balance because it's a full weekend. Weddings are a full weekend, so it's good to pace and know yourself. Some people can go all out every night, um, mm-hmm. and if you're built for that, then you know what. I guess you should do it. I have no idea, but you know if you're not, <laughs> then you know just you just gotta figure
1: it out. You do. Maybe it's one of those things you have to make your mistake one time each, you know, to kind of learn your lessons through it. Um, but I, I've definitely learned. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, you know, it's, it's a real bummer not to be able to kind of join the party at a wedding. It, you know, <laughs> uh, lesson learned. Good call. I uh, had a feeling that one would come up. Thanks for that. Uh, my next piece of advice actually is a do. Do learn more dance moves than just the sprinkler and the shopping cart. Those two moves the whole da- uh, for a whole night will not get you through. And most people start to judge you after a while if you keep repeating between those two dance moves.
0: So, yeah, here's the thing. Like, if you're doing the sprinkler, which is a great yes. move, for a slow dance, do you typically slow it down? Like, slower movement, <laughs> slower spray? Or is that a point where you're suggesting maybe you do something different?
1: Yeah, I mean, you do have the shopping cart also. And the shopping oh. cart, you know, I mean, to be honest, even for slow songs, I feel like you need to alternate, even if you're doing a slow sprinkler. Uh, but... I don't know. I'm trying to think between those two dances, which one's less awkward in the slow dance. I mean, slow dance, you tend to, you know, have people more clumped together. That gives you a lot of space for the sprinkler, which is kind of nice. Right. But, uh, you know, that's a good point. Uh, But to me, the biggest thing is, you know, there's a lot of dancing at a wedding. You know, you're talking about two to three hours of dancing. Um, You know, if you break it down and you only have two dance moves, you're talking about an hour and a half per dance move uh, if you only have two of them. And uh, that's a lot of sprinkler.
0: Right. Um, You know, mentally it's fatiguing, physically fatiguing, you know, the same muscle groups over and over again. Makes sense. That's good advice, PJ. My next recommendation is, again, a don't. And this one is... Don't steal wedding gifts.
1: It, you know, it's interesting because often they're all just laid at a table these days, and they're right there for anybody.
0: And that's exactly the point. I've never done it. I'm not speaking from experience, and I don't know of anyone who has done it. But, you know, you watch a lot of, you know, crime shows on TV, and you start to, you know, get into the mind of a criminal. Mm-hmm. It can be done. And just because it can be done doesn't mean it should be done. So it's, it's unethical. It's rude and uh, it's not what you're there for. They didn't invite you there to steal gifts, they invite you there to have a good time and celebrate the couple. So, go on
1: out and, and, and do that and not steal. I mean, thinking this through though, if you were going to steal, I'd highly recommend you wait till closer to the end of the wedding because it's one of those things. If once you do take the gift, you don't have a lot of places to put it. If you leave it by your chair or table, you know, either somebody else is going to see it. Or, you know, it's really hard to tuck it under your shirt and keep it subtle. So, I mean, you really have to strategize if you are going to take the gift.
0: Personally, PJ, I don't even feel comfortable trying to think through the scenarios because I the main message for me is do not
1: steal gifts. So, I mean, even if it's not, you know, explicitly said on the card, don't take our gifts. You know, you feel like that's at least enough of uh, an overall rule that you should take as advice. And I, I mean, I think you're right.
0: Yeah, I mean, based on the weddings I've been to, I've never stolen a gift, and it was always the correct decision, so.
1: <laughs> my, my other piece of advice here actually does align with uh, gift giving as well. It's a don't. Um, don't use Post-it notes as a replacement for wedding cards. Interesting. You know, you would think, I'm not a big cards person, but I have found – wedding cards are one of those types of things i guess you're supposed to kind of make sure you do the hallmark thing and putting the post-it note on in- instead i guess is uh, not fancy enough
0: i think i think that's a good point and there's another element to it in that if you're stacking gifts or in transit the post-it note's good it has the right level of adhesion for mm-hmm. most office daily work but if in terms of stacking and you know on a you know a a smooth, you know, wrapping paper surface, it's not ideal. And if it falls off, then it's a mystery gift. And that's a real problem at weddings, the mystery that gift. Is.
1: That is, yeah. And also it doesn't cover the gift very well. You know, I mean, unless you're putting the post-it note and the gift, uh, you know, in an envelope or, you know, it, yeah, I mean, if or if it's a bigger gift and you're just trying to, yeah, you almost need to like tape the post-it note. Um, but either way, as I found it, just, yeah, go with the card. You know, it might seem kind of, you know, uncreative. I found the post-it note creativity just doesn't seem to make up for it. Yeah. Well,
0: that's, that's, that's solid advice. I've never done it, but you know what? Um, if I see a friend doing it, I'll I'll say, Hey, think twice. That's a great call.
1: You know, even if it's like, you know, like I know most weddings have color themes, you know, uh, blue or orange, you know, depending on the bridal uh, party's dresses and so on. Even if the post-it note matches the dresses doesn't seem to work. One last
0: thought on this. What if your gift was like a stack of post notes, like unopened, like that was your gift. Mm. Like, you know, they work in an office, they're busy. It seems very fitting and personal. Yeah. But you still give a card to give post-its themselves. Is that what you're saying?
1: Well, yeah. Then, then you, I think you could get away with it. I mean, if I were you, you know, with the post-it note gift, I probably would throw in at least a stapler, um, you know, just to be thoughtful. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah, no, I think that counts. You know, as long as it's not the wedding card, I think you're fine. Okay, cool. Very cool. You want to do one more piece of advice, Marco? Um,
0: I could do one. It's kind of a follow-up to an earlier one. Mm-hmm. So, again, the advice is not to drink too much the night before the wedding. So that <laughs> that is the blanket advice. However, yeah. you know, maybe you're listening to this It's the night before your wedding and you're already drunk, you know, on the off Uh chance. So you've already you're already gone too far. You're already in the hole. Yeah. But you're still listening. If you're listening now, heed my words. If you already are too drunk the night before and you have a box that's a time capsule from when you're in middle school, you need to open that box. You gotta open the box.
1: You know, I feel like this advice is really centered around me right now, Marco.
0: <laughs> and and uh, full disclosure, it is. Uh, you inspired two out of my four pieces of advice, but you know what? You got to learn from your actions. You know, one thing not to do, but one thing to do. You know, you got to mm-hmm. learn from your mistakes, but also learn about what works. Um, you know, if you were sober, it would have been fun for you to open that box, but the key is, open a time capsule the night before wedding it's an opportune time you have a you know a group of nostalgic friends and it's a fascinating exercise to see you know what life was like 15 (laughs) years ago
1: yeah uh i 100 percent agree that time capsule was phenomenal um just to slightly let people in on an inside (laughs) joke uh (laughs) uh, that night before the wedding where we had uh, or i had a lot of fun um, I ended up finding a time capsule from sixth grade, so that would have been about 15 years ago or something crazy, and uh, opened it up, and uh, wow, I wrote a note to myself, and uh, reading that after a few drinks was, uh, that was fascinating, because <laughs> I guarantee you that was not what I envisioned as I wrote that note to myself that day, but it, it also allowed <laughs> me to totally take that note 100% earnestly in the moment, so it that was nuts. <laughs> Alright Mark, I got one last piece of advice before we close out this segment. You ready? Hit me. Don't it's a don't. Okay. Don't assume the DJ will have all forty-three Dave Matthews band live track albums for requests. Bring your own if you plan on requesting a specific track. Gotcha.
0: Um Yeah, that's uh I has that come up in your life? I have not been to a wedding where someone was either requesting a deep cut or had brought like a wagon full of dave matthews band cds this is something that you've done in previous weddings
1: i wouldn't bring all of the the albums with you you know i think but that's the thing if you're gonna do it like if you have a specific song you want make sure you bring it along with you like just the one or two albums at max because there's no way they'll play more than three for you um, gotcha because usually there's a lot of people there um you know people have requests so right, the, the key right. is just to make sure you're prepared for whatever music you're going to request.
0: Would you even say you should narrow it down to one? Because maybe more than one Dave Matthews song may be a bit much in some scenarios.
1: I mean, you know, don't, you know, If read the room. Uh, I'd play <laughs> one and see how it goes. But I would have a second one in your back pocket in case everybody goes, wow, I love this song too. And then you go, you know what? I got another. Don't just wait. You know, so just huh. kind of have an extra one just in case i think is the key i
0: was gonna say i think another thing to this is you have to be discreet you don't want to show up the dj but kind of right. you know let them know and make it seem like it was the dj's idea the whole time
1: yes you know there's just there's no such thing as being over prepared for a wedding i found and that it goes for all things and especially music i i've just i'm not saying it's happened to me but i've just always been surprised how few dave matthews live album tracks the djs carry with them to a party
0: yeah, no, that's um, that's a very astute observation, and I think, yeah, overall, like you said, you can't be too over-prepared for a wedding, and I think with these do's and don'ts, I think hopefully you go to your next wedding ready to roll.
1: We got a completely different segment we're getting ready to hit up here, and it's called the movie. I have a question.
0: PJ, we haven't started yet. It's the opener, man.
1: Right. Uh, Right. Let's continue. It's just... What? I'm
0: confused.
1: What happened to the...
0: PJ, we've got like 10 seconds to go, man. We're still in the intro.
1: The intro for what? Movies! And that brings us to our next segment, movies. It's our second new segment in a row, Marco. And uh, I think Marco's a little nervous because I'm kind of bringing him into this one a little blind.
0: Yeah, um, I like movies. Um, the intro did not give much away as to what's about to happen, but I'm, I'm game. I'm game.
1: So we're, we're both big movie fans, but I figure, you know, back in the day, we used to have a movie segment on the radio show. It was called popcorn flick of the week. And that's where we would talk about some movie that just came out or was about to come out. And, uh, you know, we'd kind of sit, you know, talk about why we were excited about it or, you know, how it wasn't good, but the way we are doing our podcast, For the moment, that would probably get old before it ever got published. And in general, this is hopefully a little more timeless the way we're about to do it. We've both watched a lot of movies, you know, growing up and still to this day, hopefully.
0: I haven't watched a movie in years, so this is a real treat for me.
1: (laughs) Well, the good news is we'll be uh, helping, you know, at least refresh your mind. Or if you haven't even seen it, I think you'll be fine. We'll have the clips right here to help you figure it all out right before us. But, you know, as I watch a movie... You know, a lot of questions run through my head, and I was kind of curious if these questions are ones that have popped up in your head, or if you kind of know what's going on here, because some of these things just have completely baffled me.
0: Yeah, um, I guess we'll just have to roll the clip.
1: Yep. So we got a we got a couple movies we're gonna talk about today. Uh, we'll, we'll see where this goes, but let's 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 bring this to our first movie. Let's play the clip. Who's scruffy looking? Must have hit pretty close to the mark to get her all riled up like that, huh, kid? Well, I guess you don't know everything about women yet. Mm -hmm. Take it easy. This might have been one of the trickier clips to kind of lead off with because we are not a visual podcast. We are a very audio podcast. But if you couldn't recognize that, that was from the first Star Wars movie, which is actually the fourth one, um, A New Hope. Or actually, no, that's the second Star Wars, which is Empire Strikes Back. Sorry. Wow, I'm getting these all mixed up already. But in that scene, Princess Leia ends up kissing Luke. uh, And then she walks out and Han Solo is all jealous. But my question is Marco. Do they know their brother and sister when they're kissing?
0: Um, I'm trying to think back. Um they don't. I think they suspect it, which makes it weird, but there's uh I think the key here is plausible deniability.
1: <laughs> Cuz I mean, it's not the only time it happens in the movies. I I was looking through this today trying to find that clip and they do actually kiss also in the first movie, A New Hope. So Two different kisses in two in each of the movies here, and to me they look more than like brother sister kissing. They, you know, the, the, that one was kind of a, a deep kiss. You know, it, this is an audio podcast, so sorry folks. Spoiler alert! Spoiler yes. alert! I, you know, <laughs> some of these movies have been around a while, and there could be a few spoilers throughout all of these.
0: Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I think PJ, I think that was a, that's a reasonable question, but my take is they don't. But um. They probably think about that later on that night, like, ugh, probably shouldn't have done that.
1: Like, even zooming out from that clip, like, from the, you know, the characters themselves, the people who were writing that scene or doing that scene, did they know what was going on? Did they, like, did they shoot that to, like, throw a curveball? Or do you think they kind of like, ah, crap, you know, we now are writing these guys to be brother and sister. and What about that scene we threw in the last movie?
0: Um, I think the writers, I hope the writers know. It's kind of their their job right i mean unless you think they're being you know segmented intentionally and they don't i think they knew i think this is all george lucas i, I think he knew the whole time and you know what if you want to pin it on someone just put it on the, the big guy that's him that's on him that's seen as him
1: that's <laughs> fair enough all right moving on to movie number two this is one of Mar- marco's favorites the fast and furious <laughs> oh boy sure? Yeah, I'm standing next to it. That's funny. You know, everyone happens to know a few things. And one of the things everyone knows is, it's not how you stand by your car. It's how you race your car. You better learn that. Okay, so that was, uh, if you didn't recognize it, an infamous scene from The Fast and Furious right as Paul Walker is about to get ready to go racing for the first time against Vin Diesel. And Ja Rule, let all, you know, the, you know, Ja Rule playing himself, was he playing himself? I think he was in that scene, (laughs) comes up and gives Paul Hawker advice. And my question, Marco, here after this scene, is that the worst advice you've ever heard?
0: (laughs) Wait, I I don't want to go out of turn, but my question for you is, you actually think Ja Rule is playing himself in that scene?
1: (laughs) I mean... (laughs) I, it seems like it. Right? <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm trying to remember if the credits just say Ja Rule. If they don't even like give him a character name.
0: <laughs> I mean, he might be unnamed, but at the time of the movie, he still actually was popular. Any, <laughs> There's a brief window, a sad window, where Ja Rule <laughs> was a known figure. And that, that, was, that was during it. So, part of Ja's rule, if you will.
1: But his advice was it's not how you stand by your car, it's how you drive your car. Was that necessary advice there? Was that like the way he hits that says that? It's like he says something profound. Well, spoiler
0: <laughs> alert, he's not in the other sequels, so <laughs> we could start with that. <laughs> but um yeah, I, I, I think he's making a point, but at the same time, I think he's discrediting there is something to you know, standing next to your car and looking good. I mean that's that's part of owning a car you know i've taken pictures even with rental cars that i thought looked good so you know what do you have to say to that jaw
1: see i think this is you with your fast and the furious bias coming out here. you're finding any way to defend that (laughs) scene that scene on its whole i mean it's jaw rule in my book which already makes it absolutely ridiculous and i think the advice is absolutely ridiculous and i think maybe the worst advice i've ever heard
0: okay okay so I'm, I'm I'm I didn't defend Jaw. I I said that you know staying by your car has merit. I do acknowledge he was trying to make a jab, but you know you know these in the movie these are street racers. These are not stand-up comedians. Um, you know Paul Walker is an undercover cop. I mean these are not you know hilarious dudes. This isn't a buddy comedy. This is real gritty street racing.
1: <laughs> that's right.
0: So not all the jokes land because that's real. <laughs>
1: Uh, you know, I I don't, I guess, I guess this advice is not as terrible as I thought. Let's move on. We got, we got a few more clips.
0: You have questions and I have answers, PJ.
1: (laughs) Yes. We're going to switch gears pretty hard here. The third clip comes from the movie Ratatouille. And if you haven't seen the movie, this clip is all spoilers. So you might want to skip ahead by about two minutes in this podcast if you haven't seen it and care about spoilers. It was a great night. (laughs) The happiest of my life. But the only thing predictable about life is its unpredictability. Well, we had to let Skinner and the health inspector loose. And of course they ratted us out. The food didn't matter. Once it got out, there were rats in the kitchen. Oh, man. The restaurant was closed and Ego lost his job and his credibility. But don't feel too bad for him. He's doing very well as a small business investor. So that was basically the final sequence in Ratatouille. Uh, to help kind of clarify what the heck's going on there, uh, they had just cooked this meal for a movie critic, but at the end, after the great review, uh, the rest, uh, the health inspector shuts down the restaurant for cooking it, it being all the meals being cooked by uh, rats. But then, at the end of that mo- sequence, they end up opening a brand new restaurant that's still being cooked by rats. So, Marco, how does that make sense?
0: Okay um it's been a long time since i saw this movie and i just saw that clip so this is this is the real take looks like the rats were eating in a restaurant looks like they weren't cooking at the restaurant am i wrong in that
1: okay so it might not be cooked It's not all the food might not be cooked by rats but the head chef clearly is still the main character rat
0: are you sure about that oh you know what you know the knowing glance it's the knowing glance see that's good cinema right there okay it also probably helps if i watch the whole movie (laughs) too but uh yeah so i guess they're just trying to stay stay one step ahead i don't even remember what was your question
1: (laughs) so like that ending doesn't make sense right they shut down the last restaurant are they just going forward again hoping they don't get caught because you would have thought like you know a movie evolves like you know what? He can't do, you know, restaurants, so he opened a bookstore because maybe they won't close bookstores with mouses.
0: It's not called Book a tooie p j. Clearly, you know, he's a brilliant chef. and uh, you know, they're just, you know, persevering. Sometimes, you know, you're not accepted in your own time. You have to keep doing what you do and let the world, you know, adjust to what you're doing,
1: so you're saying, that this ending does make perfect sense
0: i'm saying that that rat is a great chef and may and you know again it's been years since i've seen it may not know how to read be weird for him to open a bookstore
1: (laughs) he definitely knows how to read because if you remember the movie no i don't i just
0: said i don't (laughs) but continue
1: (laughs) i will continue he learns how to cook by reading a cookbook that's how he learns. Like, in, you know, when he gets he gets trapped in the sewer in Paris, and then he, uh, all he had was that book cookbook, so he was reading it. Okay. You know what? We're getting too deep into the plot line here. I just wanted to know if it was weird that a mouse that just had his restaurant closed was opening another one, and that being the ending of the book, or the end of the movie.
0: Given that the whole movie is about a, a rat that <laughs> cooks at a restaurant, no. <laughs> Verdict, not weird.
1: <laughs> all right, we got... One final <laughs> clip to close out movies this podcast, and this is a classic in dodgeball.
0: Yeah, um, shouldn't we, like, learn by dodging balls that are thrown at us, or... That's what this sack of wrenches is for. <laughs> if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. What? Oh! oh. Any
1: other questions? I still love that scene, but... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so good. But I have to ask this really important question, Marco. I mean, he's supposed to be dead right there, right? Like, I mean, we it's funny, but we're laughing at a guy that really should be dead. You're not supposed to survive wrenches being thrown at you
0: i mean i wouldn't do not try this at home for all the listeners on the podcast do not try this at home it would probably hurt you i i would expect some at at least a face laceration um he, he came out pretty clean and all that um
1: i mean he does roll around on the ground and you know say it hurts a lot but
0: yeah (laughs) <laughs> maybe these are specific training wrenches uh you know we assume given you know uh was it patches a is that the <laughs> good call. The coach that's right yeah, see, actually I, re- I do remember this movie but uh <laughs> given his character we assume that he real wrenches but maybe he has like a soft side where it's like all right let's throw some test wrenches <laughs> you know for you know the scare factor which was achieved and even a test wrench can hurt
1: I mean, but, like, this, like, catches on a a common theme for me that really, like, sometimes I catch myself, like, it's funny to watch people get hurt. But, like, I don't know if it's, like, a thing over time that's happened, but, like, now to make me laugh, you have to basically kill the guy. But, you know, because it's a movie, that's a comedy, we can't actually kill the guy. So we have these, like, absolutely ridiculous moments where, like, a guy getting hit in the head by a wrench, you know, just a bruise. I'm trying to think of another example, but there's like so many moments where you're just like, yeah, he shouldn't be okay right now.
0: Getting back to an earlier clip, like 70% of Fast and Furious movies, (laughs) (laughs) they all should be dead years ago, given a quarter of the things that happened to them. But, you know, that's that's part of movie magic. You got to see it in the big screen. And yeah, part of a movie is just kind of relaxing and not overthinking it, especially in these comedies or action movies or a children's movie. Um, you know, I think these are all kind of good examples of just, you know, just relaxing. I guess that's the whole you know thing is, you know, you have these questions, but if you can learn to relax, I think that truly is the answer.
1: I don't think I could ever relax, Marco. I've got way too many questions to ask you, and I'm going to save the rest of those questions for the next episode of the podcast because that's all the time we've got for (laughs) movies this time. We're bringing back a classic segment next here. Football. Baseball. Basket, ball. Volley, ball. Tennis,
0: ball. Batman and Sherlock. Sports! All right, PJ,
1: it's time for sports. We're doing it again.
0: We're uh, getting a little late into the summer and uh it's baseball season as you know are you a big baseball fan me i'm not the biggest baseball fan but uh, i what i am is a hype fan and one thing i do love about baseball is the intro music every batter comes up to bat you know they pick out their one unique song and that's what gets them going prior you know to you know swing i think it's a very cool thing in sports and uh, you know baseball in many respects is not my sport but i do really like that so uh wanted to get your take and you're i would consider you a real baseball fan is that is that fair to say
1: yes i would say i'm actually a huge baseball fan i i watch all the teams playing uh throughout the whole summer uh i used to not love baseball actually that was what a sport it took me a while to get into but yeah now i'm all in and i, I agree with you i love at bat music um as the players getting ready to walk up there and it's just kind of fun to see what a player would be all about i mean to me, I guess I shouldn't be surprised you would be into this type of thing. Uh, and I agree with you because you know you're I, traditionally what I know of as a huge basketball fan, and they do hype pretty well too. But there, when they do all their player intros, it's all the same song. You know, it's like the team, and they just introduce them all in one song. Here, baseball, each player gets his own song.
0: And the other thing with baseball, it's it's during the game, it's individual, it's it's during real gameplay. It's not a, if an intro mm-hmm. before the game begins. This is like. This is a thing where a player could come up to the plate hear their song kind of dial it in and actually affect their outcome in a positive way where i don't think you're really getting that in a basketball game so um it's a it's a cool thing so i have a i have a little experiment okay just want to see if you're down with this so again not really from the baseball world but for more of a world of hype i i picked a few songs which you know, were very popular, you know, at their time, but just want to see would it work in the baseball arena? And I figure with your, you know, fan of music and of the sport, you could get a sense and kind of turn into like hype or not hype kind of pretty much was what it boils down to.
1: I think I can do that. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I can, I'm going to put myself in the shoes of being a fan at a game, you know, whatever, you know, period you're talking about here, whichever team we're talking about. And uh, I'll see if it could really kind of blend in and really kind of hit the right moment.
0: And it's, uh, you brought up another good point. It, baseball is a very long sport with a lot of history, which I also like from, you know, a distance. Again, not really a baseball guy. But, you know, music's been around forever, too. So we're going to, you know, start roughly our time frame and kind of take a
1: walk back through time and just see
0: how hype has changed, too, in its own history. So,
1: so why don't you kick us off here, Marco? You ready for this? I, I think so. I'm, I'm excited. I'm already hyped.
0: All right. Excellent. All right. Cue up the first song. Batting number five for the Mariners at right field, Ichiro Suzuki. (laughs) So for the listeners at home, that song was from 2009. It was Train, Hey Soul Sister. And that was right, you know, in the middle, right where it starts getting hype. In its own way, but is it baseball hype? You
1: know, uh, yeah, I could see it. I mean, <clears> hmm, <throat> trying to think through this one. Did you ever watch Ichiro play? Do you know what
0: his at bat song traditionally was? Ooh,
1: uh, that's a good question. You see, the problem is, I mean, most of the time where I would actually, I, I mean, I've, I've gone to games where I've seen Seattle playing, you know, the away team does not get music.
0: Ah, very good point. That's a home field advantage.
1: That is. Um, you know, and I've certainly watched their broadcast before, but it's a lot harder to pick up on uh, stadium uh, at-bat music when you're not at the game. Gotcha. So it's hard to say, but I, I'm almost certain that was not his song to start with. I can't say for sure, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't. But you know what? I think it could have been. I, I think you're right. I think that really hits the moment.
0: Okay, so PJ, final verdict
1: is hype? Is that is that the scale? So is it hype or not hype?
0: yeah just you know just kind of you know hone in on it if you will
1: okay i uh i'll hone in on hyped
0: he's going hype he's going hype all <laughs> right all right <laughs> we're one for one it gets more tricky as we go back in time are you ready for number two
1: yeah okay fine i'm ready for number two
0: okay when you're ready at third base Batting six, at Fenway, Wade the Chicken Man Boggs. <laughs> <laughs> for those at home, it's Berlin, Take My Breath Away is the song. The title track from the movie Top Gun, and fun fact, won an Academy Award.
1: Did it re- I did not know that.
0: I found that out in my research for this segment, so... <laughs> Hype for the movies, is it hype for baseball?
1: You know, I, trying to put myself in the player's shoes, you know, so he's it, getting ready to bat. To me, this song's kind of a love song, no? It it's is.
0: It really is. And in the movie, it is during a scene in which there is love. So that's, that's a very uh, correct intuition there. So just to picture yourself, the year's 1986, you're Wade Boggs, you're walking up to the plate, they start blaring Berlin... you ready to you ready for that pitch
1: you know i think i'm ready for that pitch now that you've talked me through it i think i'm ready
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right all right pj's breath taken away berlin is hype it's official (laughs) two for two
1: (laughs) we're hyped folks we are hyped
0: (laughs) (laughs) this next one gets a little risky okay um are you composed are you
1: ready for number three take it away marco what's number three
0: all right maestro if you will your shortstop, starting number five in the
1: Twin City, Roy Frederick Smalley the
0: third.
1: <sighs> All right, yeah, this this was a big risk, Marco. I I agree.
0: Yeah, so the the song is "The Facts of Life." It's the theme song from the TV show "The Facts of Life," sung by Gloria Long. Um, very popular TV show at the time. You know, in context with the success of the TV show, it could make it more hype. Um, It is a joyful beat, but you know what? This one was kind of just, I'm just trying to expand and see how hype is hype and what is hype. So,
1: yeah, you know, to me, I'm not going to lie. I think it could work, but to me, this says minor league baseball, not major league. To me, this is the kind of song you hear at the minor leagues. So, gotcha. So if you are at a Toledo mud hens game, I think this fits in perfectly uh I don't, I, okay. I don't know if you could get it
0: but if you're roy frederick smalley the <laughs> third an all-star in the year 1979 Ooh, you're probably thinking not hype
1: yeah i mean unless he's uh you know minor league all-star i i can't see it no not hyped not hyped
0: no he, he was in the majors this is a lot of real research went into this um the first three were all all-stars in their respective years so uh roy smalley i don't think they often said his middle name at bat but uh he was a shortstop for minnesota in 1979 and was an all-star so good to know a little bit of a deep cut for those twins fans out there
1: you know and all our fans from minnesota i'm sure we're very happy for that
0: yeah yeah so okay so so far you know two hype and one not hype
1: yeah one not hyped you got you got one more though marco to keep it up
0: I got one more, and we are going very very much further back in time. Baseball's an old sport, and uh found a player and found a song, and I think it's gonna work. So careful, All the way from Parkersville, West Virginia, playing in the outfield, coming to back for Cincinnati. Your man of the hour. Ain't it ain't it is funny, Mr. Greasy Neal. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Before I give a comment, you want to you know, help people <laughs> say what the song is.
0: So yeah, you just, you're pretty much saying what just happened.
1: <laughs> yes. So yes.
0: this song uh is Ain't We Got Fun. This was actually hit throughout many decades. One of the earlier recordings of the song was by the group Van and Schneck and uh <laughs> greasy neil and i believe greasy was a nickname although it didn't really indicate that in my research <laughs> he did play for the cincinnati reds which is a very storied uh, baseball franchise so this was you know you know accurate with the times i'm not 100 percent sure they played music during baseball games back then but if they did this song was appropriate for the era so keep that in mind for hype two.
1: yes i i agree and you know i mean to me, that's a relatively upbeat song, kinda positive. Uh you know, they seem kinda ready to go, ready to party. I I <laughs> I'm feeling hyped off of that one. If I'm putting myself in my nineteen twenty one baseball, you know, fan shoes, I'm ready to yeah, I'm, I'm feeling excited. If
0: you're trying to get Grease in Cincinnati back in the twenties, you're saying it's <laughs> hype?
1: Oh, it's hyped
0: yes all right <laughs> three out of four is pretty good you're, thank yeah, you pj for participating in the first
1: and maybe the last <laughs> evaluation <laughs> of baseball life music <laughs> i don't know i think you're gonna become a baseball fan after that one um <laughs> we got one more segment coming up next here folks and it's back to a traditional one we got music music <laughs> Marco, this brings us to our final segment of the podcast. It's was here last time we did this podcast, and I imagine it'll probably be here for every episode. It's music,
0: kind of like a baseball, you might say. It's the closer, or referring to a TNT drama. It's the Kira Sedgwick (laughs) podcast. I'm not sure if I said (laughs) that name correctly, but
1: it was close. But you know, yeah, you know drama
0: also if you happen to like the show the closer never watched it but you know for the closer folks out there
1: but you know that, that reference was not for fans of franklin and bash separate we have separate references for that <laughs>
0: <laughs> not discussed nearly enough that show that no one watched
1: <laughs> despite uh though marco our start here this is not a television segment this is a music segment the two of us have three songs great reminder we'd like to share with the fans yes and marco why don't you kick us off here with the first song of the weekend podcast
0: yeah so the first song of the day is called one of us by new Politics. is a group i'm not entirely familiar with but it kind of hurt on the the radio i'm not trying to do all the the mainstream stuff you know 100 percent. but you know it got a little play it's a fun upbeat song it's a rock almost a little bit of a glam rock vibe but uh it's a it's a good song for the summer it's a solid beat and uh new politics was new to me and uh i was feeling it
1: yeah i'm i'm kind of surprised you went i guess i would describe this as more pop rock in some way it's almost
0: it, it's very poppy yes.
1: it is is. I'm trying to think with you know you got the piano mixed in there it's not it's not fallout boy per se it's something but it's it's that's what it kind of makes me think of on some level almost but better Ooh,
0: you're almost making me change my mind <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean (laughs) no i'm gonna stand by i i I do like this song i am i like you know all you know like part of it is the diversity you know pop is definitely in there and you know people sometimes get embarrassed by pop music mm -hmm. hey it's designed for you to like it you know if you like it go for it and you know this this song was one of those
1: that's fair and I, i like that you're mixing it up you know i think as people listen to this podcast more they'll notice and if they tune into our uh our we our spotify playlist that the weekends created which you can uh check out and linked in the in our details um you'll notice i think marco is a very i think you'll notice that marco is a very big hip-hop fan so i love it when people kind of branch out and kind of share other diff- types of tastes they have in music and uh this is definitely something kind of totally different for you
0: yeah yeah so pj what do you have for us this week
1: Okay, I'm actually kind of excited about all three I've got here today, which I guess you should always be for your podcast. But uh, let me kick off one right now that right now is my song of the year. Wow. Uh, it might get replaced. It's uh, it's called Pay the Man by Foster the People. But
0: the wolf's not dead. Say what you love, it's all right. Don't be afraid to find your life.
1: Um, they just had a new album come out in about a month ago when this podcast was getting we were recording in August this, um, so this this album came out in July and uh, the album has come out to mixed reviews people think they've shifted slightly more poppy and generic in general um, and I guess I understand that argument but I, overall I do like the album but I, I, I agree for the poster, the people they, they had such an interesting style and and so on that it's they've lost some of that but this song right here which leads off the whole album i think is phenomenal when i heard this song i was so excited for the album it's it's got such a cool vibe to it um it's uh kind of dancey uh it just it's got a real attitude to it
0: this song i i've heard of foster people i think i actually saw them a while ago at a music festival and you know was less familiar with them I happen to hear this new song. I don't know anything about the album, but I, I agree. This is a very fun song. I do like this one.
1: Very good selection. All right, what do you got as your second selection, Marco?
0: Getting back more into my wheelhouse, this one is a hip-hop one. It's Tyler, the Creator, featuring ASAP Rocky with Who That Boy. Blown off, that's how they found them. This young t- Who that boy, who him is. Who that boy, who him is. Who, him is?
1: who that boy, who him is. Who that boy, them ears. Why you feel like
0: that? And um, this is an interesting one because I actually evolved on Tyler the Creator. He started out when he was like very young with a kind of a collective that was called Odd Future, which one of the members, the most famous one, is Frank Ocean, and mm. it's kind of very ag- aggressive, uh, like you know, harsh you know, like lyrics and like style, and then this album kind of mellowed out a bit and it still has a bit of an edge he's a very creative person I always kind of respected him for far but I wasn't really feeling the earlier stuff but this latest album I think uh, transitioned to a really nice place and uh, you know this song if you listen to the entire album which I do recommend there's sounds from all across the board this is more of a traditional kind of hip-hop rap song and uh, like like the like the beat like the stuff from Tyler and uh, ASAP Rocky
1: it's been I think overall a, a decent year for hip-hop um, I've, I've found quite a de- decent amount of stuff I've liked so far. What do you say overall for the year in hip hop?
0: I think it's pretty good. I think a lot of people, there's kind of a trend for like old school hip hop people to like make fun of the quote unquote mumble core rap. You know, I just say give it a shot. I don't like all of it. And to, to dismiss an entire sub genre is always, is never a good idea. I think it's always good to give music a chance, give an artist a chance. You know, this one in particular, I didn't like Tyler Creator's work for many years and then this new album came out and i heard some good things um i listened to the whole thing and he changed the sound so it's really good so um it's definitely a good year uh i mean anytime you know kendrick drops an album I, i'd say it's probably a good year in hip-hop so
1: so my uh second song of the day is by a classic uh group that we used to feature in our show back in the day um actually my next two both were um artists we played on our show Uh, but this one is called the way you used to do by the Queens of Stone Age This song is relatively new. It came out about a month ago, um, also in July. And uh, they have a new album that's getting ready to be released here at the end of August. So, most likely, by the time this podcast is published, that um, album will have already been released. But they've got a couple songs that were released by the time we were recording this. And I think it sounds great. I, I'm really excited. Um, They're one of those artists, for me, I forget about a lot of times because they're not in my typical rotation overall. But they're kind of a nice um, palate cleanser for me um, when I'm looking for something different. And to me, this just always kind of takes me back because I wasn't a massive kind of hard rock fan back in the day. But this was one of those ones that seemed to cut through and we would break out every once in a while on our show.
0: I think uh, you hit on a lot of really good points. Uh, I'd say in terms of forgotten artists, that's very much key they've had few hits but they haven't had sustained things and you know they've just been kind of doing their own path and have a very dedicated fan base but like I am more of a casual fan probably close to PJ but whenever you hear a stray song um, I really do enjoy it I probably should spend more time listening to their stuff and uh the song you just picked here is, is a great one off the the new album I did not know they had a new album so I'm definitely gonna check this out uh well I'm gonna check it out on the Spotify place and then you know check out the whole whole album you know afterwards so yeah
1: i mean as i said by the time this podcast is uh published you know everybody that's listening to this will be able to actually check out their new album so go give it a listen all right marco what's your third and final song for this episode of the weekend
0: so i'm trying to again flex my versatility you know in the uh on-air segment here um so this one coming into a also pop but a slower thing it's Heroin by Lana Del Rey.
1: I'm flying to the moon again. Dreaming about her And how I gave you everything and took your life away. I'll
0: put you on the air. I've liked her stuff. I was kind of late. To her as an artist, I know she was very big, I think 2013 time frame about like four years ago or so, um, eventually got around to listening to her stuff and then kind of caught up. And one of those artists, kind of like Queens of the Snow Age, where it's like, I like them, I don't dedicatedly listen to them, but kind of every once in a while when you're, you know, searching for new music, just kind of think of artists you like. That She came to mind and, you know, searched, she has a new album and uh, is pretty good. Uh, she, one thing of note, she has a lot of great featured artists um stevie Nicks, um sean lennon ono who's the son of john lennon and yoko ono uh the weekend that song is getting some airplay her in the weekend and then um another fun fact she also features asap rocky so asap rocky doing a lot of work this summer (laughs) appearing on two Mm -hmm. different albums but yeah heroin's the one i picked uh this one's just lana and uh i enjoy the song
1: yeah, Asap always seems to guest on a lot of tracks. That's not, I don't think, something new for him, from what I recall. I remember him just popping up on all sorts of music. Um, but I, I i like this uh, pick a lot, Marco. Um, I've been a Lana Del Rey fan for a while, um, but I agree with you. She's one of those artists I get you, you have to be in the right mood for because she's extremely committed to her style in the sense that she's got this voice that's uh, kind of... Uh, it stays in its zone, so you just kind of, when you're in the mood, you're going to get all of that. It doesn't doesn't fluctuate in a lot of ways, but I, this new album, I think, I, I like a lot. I, I think it, it's, uh, it's not quite as dark as her last few, even though Heroin is kind of a dark theme. The overall album has actually some relatively positive notes to it, too, um, from what I've heard, um, but it still carries the typical Lana Del Rey style to it, too, um, but yeah, I, I'm a fan.
0: Yeah, she definitely has her sound it is a little more upbeat i don't think it's my favorite of hers but honestly you know it's a very complete album a lot of artists struggle to put out full albums especially in these this day and age where there's less of a need to do that but i think she's one that you know dedicated sound you know puts out a full album like some of the other artists we talked about earlier so another fun summer listen more i guess more fun you know for lana del rey but uh anyways pj your last song of the show
1: Great, yeah, so I get to close it down this, uh, this episode, and I'm going to go to an old standby for me. Um, I know we were joking earlier about Dave Matthews' band. Um, certainly he's one of my favorites, but I, you know, I struggle to say who my favorite group is because the other group that I always think of as my favorite is uh, Mute Math, and uh, they have a brand-new album that's getting ready to be released in the first week of September, so once again another album that very likely could be released by the time this podcast is published. Uh, since we started recording this they've released three singles to that new album and uh, all of them are fantastic and the one that I picked for this episode is called war i
0: gotta party boys in my
1: this song kind of blends in a lot of elements you heard um, in the Vitals album. It's got some electric uh, guitar synths into it. um, And so they have some of those pieces they're pulling into Vitals and then also from the other tracks I'm hearing a lot from their album Old Soul, just kind of missing the organ which was definitely a a heavily featured instrument in that album. But to me Mute Math is one of those groups that seem to be on pace to release an album every four to five years. and their last album release was only in twenty fifteen, so to get an album within two years is just uh, amazing. Because uh, it usually you have to pace yourself with this group and wait a while, and so for a new album to come around this fast is very exciting for me.
0: No, that's very cool when the artists do the surprise album. That seems like it's in, in an age where it's all this information is so available. It seems like a lot of artists are still doing a good job of doing the surprise album drop, so or unexpected at the very least. So. Cool, cool for you. I know you've seen them in live in concert, I believe. So cool for you mm-hmm. to get a get an album when you least expected it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've done it the last few times. Um, they seem to do a pre-release tour where they go around and kind of play the album for the first time right as it's coming out. Um, I've done that for the last two albums, and I'm planning to do it again here as they come um, and swing by Detroit. So uh, I can't wait to see them. And I, I just i am a huge fan. I can already tell I'm going to love this album
0: very cool so we got six very different songs and there's a whole lot more on that playlist so make sure you check it out after this episode
1: yeah um you know yeah you have we have six songs three apiece and on that playlist on spotify which we're going to update after every episode each of us picks 10 different songs So there's a total of 20 different songs to kind of hold you over till the next time we record the weekend and with that marco that's all we've got this episode can't believe we've somehow managed to get through two episodes now and yeah no well fights
0: we made a lot of strides in that you know that last segment i think it really shone through that there was three mute mass songs and you picked one song <laughs> out of the three and so a lot of restraint on your end and i i give you all the credit in the world for that
1: just wait till dave matthews releases an album then then the playlist might be uh, a little more suffocated by one artist
0: special two hour long episode <laughs> <laughs> breakdown of each track in the liner notes <laughs>
1: <laughs> and on that note that's it for us here this uh, this episode thanks again for listening we'll be back soon hopefully every month we're hoping to release a podcast we'll have brand new segments and some old classics I'm sure once again Marco any last words for the people
0: say so get out there enjoy the summer and uh, looking forward to next time
1: yeah that's right it's fall Football season is back, and uh, I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about that the next time we're on. Till then, I'm out of here. How about you, Mark? Are you leaving with me? I'm going to leave too. Goodbye. See ya. Next time on
0: the show, The team gets even more hype for sports. Alright PJ, time for sports. You know what it means. Badminton recap. We're going
1: playoffs, baby. Whoa, 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 wait, Marco. I thought we were doing college football. It's football season, Marco. The fall?
0: Football? Oh, oh, cool. So we do real sports now? I didn't get the memo.
1: And the team reunites with an old friend. You know, PJ, I've been thinking, did we really help Jake back there? I mean, i thought he was supposed to be helping with that arsonist robot have you heard from him lately i wouldn't worry about him team weekend will be back better than ever peace out podcast listeners